Parole Podcast with your host, Alexandra Nyamoyaboyi. Here's a question for you. How many African countries have you visited so far? What country or countries are you planning to visit this year? What do you know about the African media space? If, like me, you tend to follow the news from some Western outlets, it is difficult to see the changes that are occurring in some countries. Adventurers say every country, but somehow I'm aware that not all changes are positive. Nonetheless, here's an episode that will bring a different and much-needed outlook. Today I have Hasm Tawaruka, a Rwandan Kenyan media entrepreneur, founder of Tap Magazine. I've met people who are simply fed up with the African narrative and want to bring fresh stories alive. You'll hear how he's been traveling African states and what we should learn from one another. Tap for the African Perspective is an online magazine where you'll find stories from a Kenyan woman who is making sports shoes, stories of the African diaspora that decided to head home. I find it really easy to see oneself in the stories being told by Hus and his team. I guess that's what excellent work looks like. In some ways, Tap and Pahol are quite similar. The main difference is that Hus has a freer head start and thankfully, He's opening more doors for media entrepreneurs like me and hopefully you. That makes it easy to reach, connect and interview guests. You can support my podcast via Patreon. Patreon gives the opportunity to creators a quote to get sustainable income and connect with fans. You can support my podcast by contributing monthly. You can find my Patreon link on the show notes. Power Podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GoodPods, AfriPods, You can visit my social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Check the link tree on the show notes. Alexandra with Hasmutavaruka. Who said so? With the (laughs) accent. But today I want to not only present you because you're doing something really specific and crazy awesome in uh, media sphere in Africa, but I want to speak a little bit about Kiswahili. How many people are you working with who speak Israeli? Because I need to go, I, I need to join your team for like two days and I need to keep up with my Kiswahili. Yeah. I'm doing so bad, I'm just saying. Karibu, karibu Nairobi. As like, I can tell Asante. But I think the last time I really spoke Kiswahili was last a Kenyan friend here, which is like, Alex, you're getting like more and more comfortable speaking somewhere else. So that mm-hmm. gave me confidence. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should try it. Uh, try it more often. Yeah, I'll do that. So, Monsieur Hash, how? Who are you? How were you first? Happy New Year! And um, uh, thank you, um, uh, Alex. I'm doing well. Um, the year has started, uh, you know, pretty well. Um, feeling healthy. My family and the people I love, uh, most of them are healthy. Been a uh, usually take the first month also to kind of uh, do some centering because our work can be crazy and hectic. Uh, so kind of be around family, be around the people uh, that you care about just to center and balance yourself and plan out the rest of the year before uh, madness becomes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. so true. Uh, because we're still in 2022, the beginning, obviously, how did you manage to travel? in 2021 because you were dropping some insta stories and uh, i think i was one of many who were super 
curious and super angry and super jealous of the things <laughs> you're dropping. So like the nightlife in Nairobi, the food in Burumbua. Mm. I was like, okay, okay, let's, you yeah. know. Yeah. Ninja was fun. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the fantasy throw there. That's, oh. that's, uh, different. <laughs> Uh, it is gonna hate <laughs> yeah i didn't i yeah i didn't actually know that our people had such an affection for that specific uh fanta yeah i thought it was just me but then uh, <laughs> i realized i i posted it once and i had like 15 messages like, <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> it's so crazy because when i was in addis in 2020 literally i went to the hotel and the first thing that i asked was like can you give me a coke a proper african coke and orange mm. and i think they didn't have citron mm-hmm. and i was like it's okay and i'll drink like two at a time and i think mm-hmm. the people were like alex you just had like a coke bottle <laughs> in your like luggage i was like nah you can drop it this this yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's okay yeah. and yeah and the food i just kept eating man mm-hmm. it was so good but on the on the traveling part uh so, so yeah it's 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 been uh difficult uh with covid uh yeah. trying to do the work we do yeah, it's 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 been difficult, but work has to be done. So I think we we res- we resumed uh, travel actually in in November or October 2020 uh, because oh, okay. we didn't work the whole year since March, uh, yeah. and so you know we had to it find hurts. out. Yeah, it was hurting so much. Uh, we are still hurting and trying to recover. Uh, yeah. we, we are hopeful that this year will be better. We'll get back on track to where we were um in 2019 uh, nice. but yeah it's it's uh, it's difficult traveling now with all the covid tests with all the added expenses with all the added waiting times uh last year i was in rwanda to do some work and and me and my team we had to stay in the hotel for quarantine you get tested before you go you get tested when you arrive you oh, wow. go in the hotel and wait for your results to come you get tested when you come back <laughs> Um, no way i think i think uh i've been poked probably like 70 times in the last two years it's it's, it's been a mess but <laughs> but it has to be done so. at least it's a good pr move for 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 the country because i think they were the one of the craziest really in terms of security and stuff and i'm so glad because mm. i hear that burundi was otherwise you should have stayed in burundi i'm gonna say <laughs> no burundi actually I think they, at some point they had the worst, even uh, more strict uh, rules. I think you had to stay in a hotel for seven days. And um, oh, I think it was the beginning, right? Yeah, the COVID test there is like a hundred dollars. You know, uh, oh yeah, yeah hundred uh, yeah. to enter and uh, I think sixty to get out. So it's it's. There are different prices for in and out. Yeah, yeah, for in and out. No, but it's not just Burundi. Many countries have. Uh, okay, I didn't. Yeah, you can tell be, I haven't been traveling outside France for two years. Burundi. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I so, don't want my uh, Burundian people to come no, after me. <laughs> no, we do know us. We do know ourselves. It's all good. I was just, you know, but it's because, yeah, the last time I traveled, literally, uh, it was February, end of February, and then March, everything closed. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. at least good I did time. Africa. Yeah, it was a really good timing. And nobody was, was happening, like super stressing at this at a time, which is good. And, uh, and then I went to Portugal during the summer oh. and Portugal, they were like, you guys in France have a lot of COVID. We're like, no, you guys have a lot of COVID. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> and yeah. I went surfing and people were like super nice. And I think it's the fear of just not knowing exactly what's happening outside. And once you know what's happening really around you, people are like super 
Viva mm. the south of Europe, huh? because yeah. I mean, Portugal is, is nice. I haven't been, yeah. I, I see it in pictures, but uh, the food in the sun, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, lie. I think that the closest thing that I've discussed, I know it sounds it can sound silly sometimes, but like this, the type of sun that you you know you receive mm-hmm. here in Europe, I'll say here in France, in Lyon, is different from the kind of things that we have back home. So mm-hmm. when I went to Portugal, it felt like home. Really? I was like, this is the sun. I uh, know I was just smiling, <laughs> like, like a stupid tourist, like walking around. I was just like, oh my God, the sun. I was like, that is, that is really the typical thing. And then the, the fact that it's on, you know, they have rivers and water. It's kind of, it's not because we have a lake, but it's the closest thing that you have for, for the yeah. wind and the, it's sunny, but there's this wind that really speaks volume to, I understand mm-hmm. why they're having fun all the time and having all nice. these beach bodies. So. Yeah. But it's not Rwanda, you know, it's not like a closed country. It's not Nairobi or, mm-hmm. or any of the other. It's like you need, we need lakes and mm-hmm. whatever, an yeah. ocean around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, but hey, let's talk uh, business and let's talk mm-hmm. Africa because you know Africa. And uh, let me give you this. A friend of mine was like, how many countries, how many African countries actually have you been, you know, have you traveled to? Ooh. And I said, not a lot of countries, because, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is on the ground. But for mm-hmm. you, as a journalist, as a... So, so how many have you, have you been to? Two. Two? Ke- Kenya and uh, uh, Ethiopia. Yeah. I haven't um, been to Rwanda, because I was like, uh, Burundi is better than Rwanda. Why would I go there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why, yeah. Do, why <laughs> would I go to Congo? Like, you know, when you have Uvira? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's really safe for myself. I'm just saying. So, mm-hmm. and then it costs an arm and a leg to kind of travel to Ivory Coast, to Kinshasa, to you know mm-hmm. all these places where you're like. Mm-hmm. But we're changing yeah. this in this year. Mm-hmm. Coast are low and work. Please. With, yeah, please. yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, that's actually a, a, a very interesting question. I haven't I haven't counted yet, but I know it's likely more than fifteen. Yeah, well, nice. around, maybe not yeah. more than 15, around, around 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. West Af, which one? Nigeria, Ghana? Uh, Ghana, Senegal. I haven't been to Nigeria for, for some, some reason. Although I, I, I have a project that I'm going to go there for this year. Uh, yeah. So I haven't been much on the West. So Ghana, I love okay. Ghana. I spend like a 2018 and 2019 summers there uh it's brilliant uh creative sector is very good people are very good um it's very hot though but it's it's a very good place to be very historical also in terms of the whole uh transatlantic slave trade and 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 kind of understanding the african-americans and Mm. things like that so yeah so ghana uh senegal uh morocco yeah, and then we we really go south from there. The <laughs> uh, DRC, Sudan, uh, Somalia, Somalia, Djibouti, that's nice. Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania. Uh, did I say DRC? Yeah, 
So yeah, you, you're yeah. like more like an East person. You don't care about what's happening in the West. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I have. I'm, I'm fixing that this year. Yeah, exactly. for, uh, for 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 our season uh, three of Homecoming, where Come we're on. basically focusing on West Africa. So so yeah, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, um, Sierra Leone, and I'm sure once I'm on that side, I'll try to go to a few more other countries. Because you live in two continents, obviously, it's it's easy for us to be like, oh, you know, I'll go back home in Burundi, I'll go back home in Rwanda, whatever. When you think about Sierra Leone or Liberia or, you know, those small countries, I'm thinking the Gambia, some, mm-hmm. seriously, sometimes you're like, oh, they are really on the map. <laughs> like they're on the <laughs> African map. Mm-hmm. I, I think on the other side, they dismiss Burundi and Rwanda, which is fine. But yeah. as an African and... I think someone who is trying to empower really stories that are coming from, you know, that space, obviously we'll talk more about Tap Magazine. What do you think for you at first? What do you mm. discover? What do you want to discover when you go, you know, on the, on the ground? Because it's easy to say, like, as you said, Ghana, you know, the history in Nigeria, because I'll say mm-hmm. history slash Afrobeat slash everything yeah. in business. Yeah. But going into really those places where you're like, Sierra Leone, honestly, it's like blood mm-hmm. diamond. That is the cliche, cliche mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 good question, and also that's something that I'm always uh, thinking about. Um, that was one of the reasons why I, I I made a point and fought a lot to go to Burundi. Uh, unfortunately, it's not easy to go to Burundi. Flying into Burundi is like eight hundred dollars from Nairobi, seven six hundred to eight hundred dollars from Nairobi. That's like a ticket that goes to Dubai, London, and whatnot. <sighs> yeah. um, wow. And then you add all those other elements. Uh, but so when you when you that's something that you know uh, I think the work we do we're trying to uh, change and shift uh, and challenge uh, African narratives um, and you can't just do that uh, and and I feel like we uh, we have to be a bit whole I've been privileged that I've known many many Burundians since I was like a child so I've had stories about Burundi sometimes often actually not very good stories uh, sometimes um, as Africans we're not good ambassadors of our own countries but but so I'm always intrigued with places like that what's in Burundi like there must be something there um, the mm-hmm. people are great uh, the people like to have fun the people have ideas the people uh, enterprising in their own way so there must be something there um, you know what's in Somaliland uh, this country that is actually you know recognized by 90% of the international community uh, but everywhere you go you meet people from Somaliland they're like so what the heck is going on in Somaliland and why is Somaliland uh, different from Somalia and why do they have peace for more than 20 years there and there's no peace in Somalia like what, what makes it different and why do they have some of the best beaches on their coastal line and, and I mean, why does, they do and why does turkey and everyone else want to give them money and 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 take and and establish there so it's, it's kind of like okay there must be something there uh, and then you think again you're like what's in sudan you know this one of the biggest countries in africa one of the um biggest countries in the whole world in terms of history and technology and ancient uh, history technology information i mean sudan has more probably 10 times more pyramids than egypt but you never hear about that but why is this country of course you know why they've been under an embargo for 25 30 years because of a 
this dictator they used to have, but you're like, how is life there? You know, how are people coping with that? Um, you know, this is a, you're also like, this is, an, this is a country in Africa. I think at the time I went there, I was living under Sharia law and you're like, okay, so what is, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes that when, when afterwards, when you, you've been and you've came back and you're like, you're like, man, this is, you're crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need better, you need better. <clears throat> you could have just went to, uh, you know, uh, to Ghana or to ASA. Uh, of course, we, we also went to uh, ASA and we did some work there. And actually, South Africa was one of the countries that really, once I, once you go there, you, you, you know, it changes you quite a bit. Like it's, it's, you're like, it's, it's so, the air is so heavy, you know, the, I think like the whole apartheid thing is very recent that you are like, oh my God, like we read about these things, we see them on TV, but once you are there and you're meeting someone who's younger than you and they're telling you that they're uh, the first people in their family to be born free and to go to school. And this is like someone who's like 25, 26 oh. and stuff. You're you are like, what? What? What do you mean you're born free? Uh, we, some of us who've been in uh, North America, we used to like hearing stories like, "Oh, my grand, my grandparents were slaves." So it's kind of like yeah. a bit far. Um, but when you go to South Africa, you know, you're meeting all these kids literally who are like, "Yeah, I'm the first person in my family to go to school. I'm the first person born free, born." You know, I think they have. Maybe it's not born free, but they have a. A similar term that they use and so that really uh, messes with your mind you go to the to restaurants in cape town and you're the only black person there you know <laughs> and you're wondering where am i am i in am I, you know, in am london I in Iceland or am I like, what, what's going on i remember when when we were there we met uh, this, uh three black students who are there for an internship from howard university and they were all black americans and they're like you know we fought so hard to come to africa and then we came here <laughs> and we feel like we're in malibu <laughs> but then i'm like damn okay but this is very different and then you 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 meet um you know uh, black south africans and, and you talk to them and you meet white south africans and you talk to them uh, and you see how they live in such a they live in the same space but their lives are so different like they one could basically being Mars and the other one could be on Earth and 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 you're like your mind is just like yeah confused uh, I guess if you if you if you, I don't know I don't know how, how I don't I'm not sure if that's how most people feel when they go there but uh, for people like myself who like to go and uh, poke people and explore and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that I was I was very challenged I left South Africa feeling like wow what is, what is this this is a uh, taking time bomb almost um uh, it's it's yeah. funny i mean it's funny but not funny because I, I remember just interviewing uh, a woman who's in the tech industry uh through african tech roundup and she she shared with me and i was so shocked she's mm -hmm. like 50 like barely 50 she said the first time i saw a white person like face to face was something she was like something like 10 or 12 i was like i saw wait a second <laughs> so, yeah. i didn't say the first time i met the queen of england or the queen of <laughs> sheba you know what i mean like there's something where you're like well, yeah the yeah. odds are not really in your favor mm -hmm. but really so i mean you understand for me it's like it's like mm -hmm. they live mm -hmm. in your same like they live yeah, in your yeah. country and she's like yeah. we're so 
and my my mind honestly still doesn't comprehend yeah even when you when you when you go i mean in Joburg it's different but when you get to cape town for example which was actually where i went first and you leave the airport you know you're driving you make a corner around the airport and all you see is uh, all you see is like black people and all you see is like a bunch of shanties ghettos that you cannot imagine you know and this is someone who grew up in the ghetto <laughs> in Nairobi and who spends a lot of time in Kibera and then like 10 minutes after that all you see is like this other people like the people that you see on the street uh, beside you and it changes now all you see is this, you come to learn that they are colors you know there's sort of like uh, mixed people but it's not really mixed because you know they, they have their own history and yeah. uh, actually it's when when we were in South Africa we were shooting this uh, documentary on science and one of the person we were interviewing is a, a researcher who's been uh, researching the genome sequencing of colors you know and and because oh. apparently they have their own genetic uh, code that is completely different from any other person in in, in in the wild um but anyways back to my story so so you you're driving around and then so all you see now for like the next 20 minutes is just them you know at the stop sign it's on the side of the street and then 20 minutes after that and then you get into now this like other plush towns that that in towns that all the houses are white you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and all you see is white people and you're like what the heck is going on <laughs> segregation illustrated you know it's like you can see it with your own eyes like nobody Mm -hmm. has to tell you that something like that happened there Um, it's funny because it still is in part of our history we can you know laugh about the jokes from you know trevor noah and we're like oh come on you know that was mm -hmm. like years and years ago i could hear stories from my parents for example when we were at school during colonization it was like ah that was like you know well not Mm -hmm. 100 years ago but you know we get the sense at the end of the day, we're like, we need to move. We need to change. We need to do this. And it's funny because I'm not putting every, can I say 54, 55 countries or 56 at this point in Africa, where we're like, we have different stories. We have different backgrounds and tribes and, you know, everything. For me to try to comprehend what's happening in SA or in Namibia or elsewhere, I'm like, I can sit down and think about it. I'll be like, oh my goodness, this is really harsh. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. The closer I go to, I get to home, I'm like, I, that's personal. I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't want to get into the details, man. I'm Because like, everything is, uh, the word that I have in my mind, like is bouillon. It's like, everything is messed up basically. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if us traveling to Djibouti, to Eritrea, and mm-hmm. understanding what they've been through. Mm-hmm. It's a way for us to kind of even find some kind of solace, some kind of healing moment oh, yeah. and be like, hey, you know, other people struggle too. And I have Ethiopian friends. If some yeah. people do know what's happened in Ethiopia, you're like. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, big time. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think uh, for, for a long time, probably for, more than, for most of my life, I was very angry with Rwanda, for example, because, you know, I had to go through the genocide at such a young age and you you're thinking like what the heck is wrong with you know with these people with my people do we really have that much hate among us can we actually be like the most brutal people in the 21st century like do we actually do this like what's you know what's uh, literally what's wrong with us the point where you're like 
you don't want to associate your, yourself even with that country, with that heritage. Like there, there must, of course, as a, as a young person, you're not thinking those thoughts are not that clear, but you know, just learning and uh, figuring out how what happened happened, this whole divide and conquer thing, this whole, I mean, not to pass the, the ball to other people, um, but just like understanding what happened in, I mean, in Canada, for example, once I moved there for school, you, you, you learn about, uh, you know, Aboriginals, you know, and, and what happened to them and the extermination they went to. Uh, you learn about all these like um, schools where, you know, where the church would, you know, indoctrinate and, and, and kill children and what you are like, it's like, it becomes uncomprehendable. Um, and then it doesn't make what you went through or what's happening home uh, much more easier, uh, but you're like, you know what? Human beings, uh, uh, likely I've always, I think from that sense of growing up, my, my biggest uh, interest even today, I think is people. Um, I've always been interested in people, what moves them, what, how do they think like I, I I love people just like finding out about people why why did you start this podcast you know like why why is someone doing something like I, I just find myself enjoying conversations and just learning about people and so once you see like the history of the world and how we arrived here and 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 and, and you know it really humbles you and and you start to be a bit kinder to even to yourself you know and and, and to others uh, I think growing up can be a beautiful thing it, it can give you a bit of <laughs> perspective because I don't know just full of uh, energy and, and, and I mean when I was self-righteousness yeah yeah when I was younger I was like I don't even know where we're fighting because obviously Burundi and Rwanda they were going through different things but similar at the same time mm-hmm. and I remember just thinking okay Rhonda finished, you know, 94. Mm-hmm. We're still going on. Like, what mm-hmm. the heck? What are we doing here? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've went through an embargo, blah, blah, blah. And I remember just yeah. thinking, like, I, I, people are crazy. And I'm including yeah. all adults. So for me, I yeah. was like, adult, I don't, I don't care which type of title you have. And, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, I'm still yeah. struggling people with it. People are the- crazy. People are crazy, <laughs> for sure. And that's what makes them interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess so I guess so I, I think it's funny because I, I remember studying a, a school here in the yard and one of my teacher was uh from Vietnam like Vietnamese descent and she had moved to um to the U.S. really I think at, she was two or three mm-hmm. and the moment she learned that I was from Burundi uh, mm-hmm. mind you I was like Burundi but my brain was like man there's yeah. no I'm gonna say Kenya and then Tanzania and then go to Rwanda you know yeah. and then she's, she looked at me she stopped you know I was like, oh my goodness, you know, she's like, how are you doing, Alex? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, what just happened? I'm yeah. going to cry. And then the whole yeah. emotion of like, somebody knows. Mm-hmm. And obviously Vietnam went through what they've been yeah. through. And mm-hmm. she wanted to talk and she wanted to kind of like, she's like, I left the country and my parents don't talk about it. My grandparents don't ne- never talked about it. I'm like, I understand, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to put myself into that, but because of your history, for example, I grew up in Burundi. I had to stay there with my parents. I had, I'm not complaining, but I should just say I had the ability, the, the opportunity to stay there. But for so many people, they mm-hmm. had to flee. It's, mm-hmm. it's a reality, you know, reach, not reach. You had to flee for your, you know, safety. I want to have this child understanding of what's happening 
and then the adult side, because at the end of the day, parents were fleeing with their kids and they didn't have to explain everything. And I'm thinking about you. You're moving to Kenya. Let, p- paint us a picture as much as you can now about mm. what did you feel about Rwanda and then just moving. Fine, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I was, I grew up very angry about Rwanda, you know. I didn't uh, embrace my Rwandan identity until probably, I would say, probably like 10 years ago, you know. It took me, it took me, uh, it took me 22 years to be able to go back to Rwanda. I mean, I went through a lot of messed up things that I've kind of like started to unpack a few years back. So yeah, I I mean I I grew up very very angry with Rwanda. I mean I had a Kenyan name and I was always Kenyan. Um, also I left I left uh, I left uh, Rwanda when I was young, so my my language wasn't as as good. I yeah. didn't understand how our people think and work. Uh, even to this day, when I go to Rwanda, people are like, hey, but. You're still Kenyan, eh? Look at the way, look at, look at the, look at the way you talk to people. Look at the way you act. You know, like look at, look at, you know, um, look at how oh, my people, uh, my people. Yeah, look, look at how this open. You just got here. How do you know these people? And you just came yesterday, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, so was, who, who are the Kenyans? Before you go, I know. Burundians, but I don't even know Rwandans, honestly. Kenyans, who are they? I mean, uh, Kenyans, Kenyans have a reputation of, um, I mean, I don't want to go to the extreme of Nigerians. So, I mean, and here we are, we are judging people. Uh, <laughs> All good. The part of the podcast where we judge people. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, Kenyans, Kenyans are too open. You know, they can be a bit more open and out there, you know. They are not, our people, you know, um, came to learn. We're very big on, you know, mannerism and 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 like there's all these uh, unsafe <laughs> things and uh, that you have to know and be aware of. Yeah. We have to greet people and, you know, uh, there's there's some rules that abide for what a good a good uh, Rwandan man should look yeah. like. Uh, be doing at some certain time in his life, be, you know uh there's and and most of those things that i'm actually saying them it, it sounds like it, it's like a bit of a dig but they, they're actually good you know like the in the last 10 years i've really really invested uh a lot of time even my kenya rwanda is top notch now you know i wasn't always there. Hey. i can confidently say that now because i've been getting a lot of stick for, for like so many years <laughs> <laughs> at some point i spent like uh five years intentionally uh calling calling my aunt every other day and stuff she doesn't speak english or swahili uh, and i don't speak too much french so the only thing we could speak on was kenya rwanda and thankfully also my my mother never allowed anyone my mother can never speak to any of his children in any other language that is not kenya rwanda so even though uh we couldn't speak it well we could hear everything so, 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 yeah, I mean, once you realize what a certain people have been through and how they have evolved, and then you learn why some of these unwritten rules and some of these things are there and what they are meant for, and you, you, you appreciate them even more. I think now I'm actually 
I see that as a, a huge advantage that I have the Rwandan part, but I was also, I grew up in Kenya. I'm very influenced by Kenya. It's kind of like where I call home. It's where I live now. Um, so to have that Kenyan side and Rwandan side, to have this one really fearless, you know, let's go to the unknown, let's be odd, let's, you know, and to have this other Rwandan part that is, that is calm, that is, you know, that is a uh, strategic in a good way. That is, that that is sort of balancing. That is that is very grounded. So it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good mixture. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure so if I'm answering your question. No, it's I cool. It's cool. I, I'm I'm like you. Balance. Imagine meeting a Burundian man. Then I'm like a real one. Not those who live in the city, aka Bujumbura. Those like a men from you know, I'm like meeting a Burundian man with values. So you need to go in the countryside. Just saying, you know, in Kirwani. So how's your Kenya Rwanda? Because last time we talked, I was like, obviously there's no much, uh, there's no a lot of Kiswahili in me. Am I going to speak Kiswahili? Well, it's uh, Kenya Rwanda. Now you're like, I'm confident. Can you speak with the president and be like, I can speak and make sure that I don't mess up the words. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. See, um, it's funny because I feel like Rwandan people are really those who they can live somewhere for like ages, like a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Like their kids, their grandkids will speak Israeli. Okay, Kenya, Rwanda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very. Oh wow. We're very, we're very yeah. proud people. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, it's a disadvantage that we are we're too yeah. proud. But it's also such a, a I mean, a, a person with that pride. If we didn't have our pride, would be finished now. You know, we are, we are very proud people. And so how can you be proud in yourself and your uh, roots without that affecting your ability to learn and evolve and mm. be humble and to treat others who are not from that from that roots with uh you know with respect and give them the same value that you, that you want so sure but yeah when it comes to being uh to, to that pride we, we are we, you guys are we are very proud yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it's a problem but it's also an advantage <laughs> it is I, the, the friends that i have at least the, the ones that i have kept i mean that i met like years and years ago I remember they will talk about Rwanda. I'm like, is this like heaven on earth? You know, because I haven't <laughs> been there. I'm like, it's like Alex, you should come to kick it. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. there is a reason why you're coming every I mean, <laughs> twice a month to Bujumbura to mm. party because you know summertime was really I'm like no, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I mean, like, no, Brindan, but you should try, you should try. Like, I mean, you don't Brindan, have the lake. Brindans can party. I give you guys that. You guys can party better more than imagine um, if they had like lots of money. They'll be like Nigeria. <laughs> anyway, but I, I want to take you back a little bit when you moved to Kenya then, because there, as you said, you have this identity of, as a Kenyan person, you're learning Kiswahili. How is it coming up? Uh, you're going to a school system, you're speaking English, and then you're moving to Canada. How is mm-hmm. this forging the Rast who is doing what he's doing now? Yeah, it was it was, it was was messed up. Um, I think so. <laughs> so I left in Rwanda when I just started class one. I didn't go to school again until like class five, class six, or class five, like kind of like second, third time, but I didn't speak Swahili, I didn't speak English. 
I didn't actually start to hear what the teacher was saying until I was like, I didn't really go to school until class six. And uh, class six, you do like the national exam in class, uh, in class eight before mm -hmm. you go to high school. And so my, you know, my academic uh, credentials were always in doubt just because I didn't have that formal schooling uh, as early on. So yeah, it was it was tough, but uh, I mean, when you are when you are young and when you are a child, you learn fast. That's the that was the advantage. So um, I learned Swahili fast. I was, I learned English first. First, uh, I even speak okay. learn Kikuyu. Kikuyu is like one of the big local languages. Wow. I even have I even had a Kikuyu name. You know, Kamau. Come on. Come on. Moses Kamau. Wakiabu. Come on. Oh, wait, so man, uh, you're one of them, man. That's so that's that's that, that's um. So yeah, and then uh, and then once I finished high school, I moved to Canada, um, and and that's where really uh, I was opened. The world kind of opened up uh, for me. Of course, I'd I'd been a refugee in Congo, a bit in Tanzania, and then in Kenya, um, and and so for the first time, now I was in Canada, and you know you. Um, for the first time, I had like TV at home. I had radio. Um, had my own bed. Uh, I was yeah. going to like a nice school with computer labs and things like that. Oh man, um, the shock! And, and and yeah, so it was. And you are meeting all these people uh, who. Uh, that's that's the first time I knew I was poor. You know, <laughs> before before that before that uh, is not something I thought about because everybody was always in the same. <laughs> Yeah. Same, uh, space. So yeah. Uh, so so that's when really things started to shift. And then of course you meet people and you tell them you're from Rwanda, and and I think at that time that's when Hotel Rwanda had just came out and people would freak out. They're like, mm. oh my god, it, the same the same uh, Viet Vietnamese uh, conversation you had. Yeah. Oh, are you okay? Are you yeah. safe? Oh my god, we are so glad and so happy to have you here. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we can invite. We, we, I will talk to my pastor, invite you to our church, and what you know, it's this whole people feeling pity uh, for you, and I really, really hated that. Um, and then you'd meet other people, and they, you tell them you are Kenyan. They would start like, "Oh wow, so you've met a lion? It's like, you know, like you guys have, uh, you know." So da, 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 and they would start asking you all these other questions. They're like, yeah. "What? You don't have that uh, backstory?" They're like, "No, like yeah, that's a very strange question." But then every most people would uh, ask you that, and so you have, you meet other people. Other people would talk. It would be like, oh, there's that black guy that that, that recently came, uh, and you'd be like, black guy? I'm, I'm not black. I mean, like, you know, I'm 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 from I'm Rwandan. I'm Kenyan. I'm African, and so you you start to now inherit all these other identities, and of course you 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 know you now you go to university, and that's where it gets worse, I think, uh, because oh. it's supposed to be spaces of uh, higher learning and whatnot, but you find out that every, anything that that is corrupt, uh, that is rotten, that is bad, is, is in Africa. That's, those are the case studies. Those are da, 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 da. So from there, that's when I was really, really uh, 
angry. People always ask me, how did you start this tap thing? You know, like, is it an idea that I'm like, no, it was just an accident. I was just mad. <laughs> and when I'm mad, I like to do something. I, I hate complaining. That's, uh, that's something that I, I don't like to complain at all or to feel like, to feel like I'm stuck. So yeah, so, so long story short, uh, because of those experiences, once I uh, finished school, I was, you know, I found myself complaining on on, on Facebook, on uh, commenting on articles and stories by BBC and CNN mm. and all these people <laughs> talking about Africa. Um, and one time it hit me, it's like, you're out there complaining uh, about what the BBC is talking about. BBC is the British Broadcasting Corporation, they, they, you know. They don't work for they don't work for you they don't work for <laughs> africa you know uh, if you're so mad about this thing do something about yeah. it and so that was the the birth of of, of tap as at the time i didn't even think it was it was um, anything serious i mean i didn't start to do this on a uh, full time until uh 20 2018 2019 uh 2019 oh. was the first year that i actually did it full time before that it was just like a side thing that I did because I loved it when I wanted to. And for a few times, I, I almost kind of gave it up uh, because also like when I started, you know, our people, there's not, we don't have many entrepreneurs or many role models or many people who've started things and run them for whatever. I, I mean, I, I don't want to put everybody in a box. Uh, maybe it's just me. As I grow older, I always find all these Burundians and Rwandans with these crazy experiences. Like, um, oh, my, my uncle runs this company in Ivory Coast for the last 30 years. I'm like, what? How? Uh, <laughs> that is um, so but, true. But I, di- I, didn't have that, I didn't have that sort of system. So all the older people I knew that I, I went to, um, they were like, what? You, you said you're, you're, you're a smart boy. You know, just graduate, get a government <laughs> job, be happy with that. cares <laughs> about... I mean, who cares about stories? Stories, oh, uh, especially if it's about Africa. If you want to help your country, you know, you fight, do a fundraising, send some money once to that, you know. Um, this whole idea of media, of entrepreneurship, of storytelling. I mean, I, for a long time, I, I felt very bad because nobody got what I was trying to do. Nobody, the people I ran to with the idea or for support and not even like support monetary wise just like no. you know uh, advice ideas mm. introductions can you introduce me to anyone who even i can talk to uh, you know um yeah, people were shutting it down so yeah so for a long time i was kind of like in doubt but something the more i got into this media space and learned the more i realized how powerful it is i mean if somebody else controls your story uh, you know you, you're worth as much as your story is you know um that's people go to war so that they can write the story of that uh, yeah. of that time of yeah. that place of that uh, whatever and 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 then you started to uh, i started to to reflect on the role of media uh you know in 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 nazi germany and how they dehumanized uh, the other and made them rats and what and what and and and, and uh, how that ended you know I read uh, deeply about uh, the role of media in the in the in the Rwandan genocide and again how the same thing 
happened or oh, they are cockroaches they are less than whatever they have to be exterminated the uh, the role that the radio and uh, all these other things yeah. played and you're like man this is this is serious um you know and if if the narrative of now is not just rwandans this is, this is all africa uh, and it's not just the whole africa now you're in north america it's all yeah. black people uh, you, you <laughs> yeah. know yeah like this one is, box all of you one box you know? <laughs> uh, all of you tags what what yeah. what let's round them up you know they're scary <laughs> you know if i if i approach them approach them with caution you know <laughs> when you see them coming go on the other side yeah <laughs> uh, <clears throat> something something about that you know was too heavy for me to let it go even though i had like opportunities to go like uh, study law at McGill, go to like uh, uh, business schools and whatnot. But I was just like, I had that feeling you get when you know, like, okay, I think I can do this uh, mm. for free. You know, I think I can do wow. this for a living, even even if nobody pays me. I think I can do this for for forever. Um, so yeah, that is that is. A, I mean, uh, on a really small, small scale, that is what Paolo is trying to do. But it's amazing because I feel like even um, I think for us Africans, we <laughs> we we laugh because our stories are do we think our stories do not matter. But it's really the moment you travel outside your own country, you're like, this is how you see my country. Like Nigerians mm -hmm. when they yeah. uh, some friends who made jokes about Burundi, like mm -hmm. small you guys eat grass. Like it's called a zombie, but mind you, it's really amazing. I'm just saying, but it is the, you know, and then violence, and I'm like, oh, Nigeria has had its fair share of crazy, crazy times as well. But it's sad when you get to see that Kenyan really, you know, I can laugh about Ghana and Nigeria if they don't know where we're at. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure a few Burundians may know what Comoros is located or Mauritius, mm -hmm. but come on, you know, Kenya, you know what I mean? Like, because I heard that before, I'm like say that again like i think say, i think this i think this might have been like a while back uh now, now uh, i don't care i don't care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but i'm like uh-uh i may not know exactly which city is the closest to zambia you know like some but it's like it's it's and then how can i get angry when a you know a japanese person an australian is like i really don't care you guys are the same blah 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 mm -hmm. anyway but be blessed that you guys are doing tap. So tell me what are the most challenging things that you have to take care of other than the COVID. Let's just put COVID aside because it's it's a specific time. But yeah. I'm doing parole. I know that sometimes you have to go through some, I think nationalities for me. I'm really learning a lot when I'm speaking to a Nigerian, to a Ghanaian, a Ghanaian diaspora, you know, Burundian diaspora versus the person who really stayed and has still has a certain mentality of the country. Mm -hmm. And it's not to dismiss that. And I thought like at the beginning, Burundians were really hard to get, you know, like, like can you share your stories? They're like, I don't have to, anything to say. You're like, no, your stories really matter. Like that, I mean, I'm blown away. And then step-by-step step, and I will hear like feedbacks of friends. They're like, oh, I get what are you, what are you doing now? Like Burundian friends. And I'm like, see, okay, that makes sense. And then you move to other countries and then you realize like the way maybe they interact with you is different maybe you'll send a text or reach out to someone and then you'll have again i have a busy life as well i'm not condemning but you have a response after a month or maybe six months and you're like oh yeah i totally forgot that i have asked you because i had moved on to something else mm -hmm. but your reality is different because you're really in the media space 
I will say 24 hours, you know, 24 seven. What, yeah, what are the most challenging things? Just tell us, Lord, so mm. we can take care of them. If there are people, we'll take care of them. If there are <laughs> infrastructure, I yeah. don't know how about. I think, uh, yeah, the most challenging things uh, for most African creatives, you know, it's uh, like you said, it's the infrastructure. Our people and our institutions don't value uh, what we do yet. Uh, for example, if you, you think about, you know, you think about the laws that are passed in many countries, uh, they don't think about the creative economy. Uh, and the creative economy is one of the biggest economies in, in the world. It also the biggest uh, space that employs more young people. Uh, and yeah. if we're saying that 70% of uh, Africans are under 30, and this is a space that, uh, that potentially employs more of them, like why are we not thinking about it on a serious level? Uh, so there's issues around piracy, uh, around proper infrastructures, around uh, financing, for example. People with, even people with money, uh, unfortunately, most people with money in our communities on the continent, they are old people. So they only know that, they only know like a couple of businesses that work. You know, you want to make money, you buy land, you build something, you know, that's it. If the asset is there. If you tell them something else, or, or you know, you start a shop, buy a big Toyota thing, you know, that, you know things that they can see, things they can see, touch, count, uh, check in their garage, uh, yeah. you know. So that is, that is really uh, our biggest challenge. Uh, we don't have the right infrastructures, uh, the right tools uh, to be able to develop our industries, our sector. And so that, because of that, everything else, all the other specific day-to-day -day issues are related to that. But fortunately, I think most people are paying attention to it now. Uh, I know there's this whole Africa, Trans-Africa Free Trade, yeah. uh, and they have uh, one of the key sections they have is the creative sector and creative economy. And there's many, many people, uh, very experienced uh, creatives on the continent that have been advocating and that are part of these committees that will make sure that as that agreement is brought into place, uh, the creative economy is well embedded in that. So there's, uh, there's hope. There's, yeah. uh, we're making very slow progress, but mm. there's progress. Um, because you're from Rwanda and Kenya, I'm going to try to, to, to contrast and compare what's happening, for example, at the moment where I'm reading from you know, the news, I'm trying to filter the, the Western version. I see Rwanda, for example, yesterday, uh, a friend of mine sent me, uh, there is a PSG playing Real Madrid, yeah. and uh, there is a, a, this picture where Mbappé is standing there, mm -hmm. and then you can see on the ground, you know, on the stand, Rwanda visit okay. Rwanda. I was like, whoa, 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 you know, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I mean, you can ask for a better picture. I have been one of those who understood the, the, the involvement, the really the understanding of the sports tourism that is really growing in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more Africans, I'll say more like Nigerians at this point. Uh, I think there is a Rwandan actually, uh, Rwandan American who is playing in the NFL and you're seeing mm -hmm. more Africans, right? Mm -hmm. Who are going into the NFL. And I'm like, in the, five, in the next five years, that's me. 
Yeah. I believe Nigeria will be connected to the NFL or Africa will be connected in a way that NBA is doing with Bal, for example. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the opportunity is huge because, I mean, I only follow, you know, games like the Super Bowls or one or two games here and there. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, the fact that I saw two Nigerians at some point, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm like, who is yeah. playing? I don't care. Kenya has always been into, into this athleticism you know, running, 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 running. Mm-hmm. Maybe rugby as well. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. maybe pushing, but really running is their go-to. What do you think Kenya and Rwanda is really understanding compared to the rest of, you know, mm-hmm. putting aside SA because they say they do have golfers. <laughs> I think they do have the only African golfers at this point who've won something mm-hmm. and they're all white. But it's cool. It's a reality <laughs> on the ground. I'm trying to figure out who is an African and a mm. golfer, professional golfers, obviously. Mm. Still waiting for Google to give me that answer. But mm-hmm. then again, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think what, what Kenya and Rwanda have understood, you know, is that they've been open to business. Kenya, we are blessed because, uh, like you said, outside of SA and Lagos, Lagos, Lagos can be a bit hectic for most people who, who want to as an entry level. So if you can't go to SA, usually people, they come to, for a long time, they come to Nairobi. Uh, and more recently, they've been going to Rwanda. Uh, and the Rwandan government has obviously done like tremendous job of marketing the country. Yeah. Rwanda, Rwanda is like the example, is the perfect example that happens when you take the narrative of your own story at hand is, is what hap- is what could happen. Imagine if what Rwanda is doing, if it could be doing it as, as a at a continental level. You know? Oh wow, yeah. It's uh, called Africa, a makeover. Africa, Africa is all open. Visit yeah. Africa on, <laughs> yeah. on the Arsenal jersey and on the PSG <laughs> thing. You know, so so Rwanda, I mean I might be biased or not, but, but really and this is also something I had been pushing uh, in the back for a while, you know, I was always so angry that every time you went anywhere and you introduce yourself as someone from Rwanda, well, uh, Hotel Rwanda would come up. People again, nowadays, you know, you, you, there, there's like at least two, two, three other things that can come <laughs> up. You know? still have work to do because the, the perception is still very yeah. uh, distorted, but at least Rwanda is moving in the right direction. So in terms of what those countries are doing is that they've been open for business. You know, Rwanda in the last maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, strategically, slowly, slowly. Also understanding that Rwanda doesn't have the muscles of Kenya, you know, doesn't yeah. have the population or yeah. the coastal line or, yeah. the, uh, or the privilege of being stable for the last uh, 50 years. Stable, uh, Kenya wasn't always stable, but at least there was no catastrophic mm. uh, events and things like that. Uh, so those countries have been strategically open. Um, I mean, Kenya controls the running uh, athletics I mean. market in the whole world. Uh, there's this place called uh, Iten. And if you are a professional runner, I mean, that's where you live. That's where you train. That's where you work. Wow. You know, all of them in the whole world, you can think of them. They That's where they camp. That's where they... Uh, <laughs> You know, that's where they, that's where everything happens. Um, and I can see Rwanda has been trying to now um, uh, make certain move, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, uh, things like FinTech, some sort of like tech startups, you know, go 
can happen to Rwanda. So I think um, you saw that uh, Rwanda built uh, probably the fastest uh, arena uh, on the continent. Or probably, uh, uh, I heard that. Three to six months. Yeah. You saw that they held the first ball games there. Like, you know, they've kind of like basketball. I think Africa will take over the basketball scene in the next 10 years. They already have African Americans there, but I think they, there's going to be a balance. It's going to be like 60 40 type of thing. Um, yeah. uh, they, that league, the ball, I think it's already raised a billion dollars in, in funding and stuff now. It's already worth a billion dollars. Yeah. And of course, Rwanda is has played a key role in making that happen. So of course it will benefit. Of course it's going to be part of that infrastructure. Again, investing in the creative spaces, right? Imagine the number of young people that Arena employs now. You know, uh, there's barely my probably seventy or eighty percent of the workforce there is under thirty or thirty-five. Yeah. Kenya is actually Kenya is very disappointing because it could do more. That's what uh, I was going to ask you. Actually, I was like, how how more. far Rwanda is coming? Mm-hmm. And as you said, they don't they do not have the same muscle. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm like. Oh, COVID really screwed up so many things. But I was really planning to go to Kigali and see some of those games. And I'm like, Kenya, man, Kenya. Yeah, Kenya okay, Kenya, hospitality, Kenya. you guys are doing well in tourism, but you can. Yeah, you Kenya know, could do different... more. Kenya could do more. If it wasn't for extreme corruption, uh, Kenya could do more. Kenya has like some of the, you know, the best football players, for example. But there's barely much academies going on. Kenyans are very good at rugby. They, I mean, they've won like a, a sevens or world sevens. Yeah. Kenyans love rugby. When I was growing up, the, the Kenya Premier League was so huge. There was like three or four games on TV every, every Saturday and every Sunday. And the stadiums were always full, you know? So they, they had, oh, wow. there was like a whole uh, uh, self-sustaining league in Kenya wow. with like 18 teams that was like, so competitive to the last day there used to be a very there used to be like one of the international uh safari safari rally like this yep, driving absolutely yeah WC, yeah used to be wow. so big and kenya had so many drivers i think probably one or two people have won the whole international uh, scene but for some reason that was also cancelled for like 10 or 15 years thankfully it came back last year Kenya can do more for yeah. sure. Uh, that's why when you see what Rwanda is doing uh, I mean, and with the background of like the resources they have and yeah. all they can generate, it's really like, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I mean, we should work with them because uh, we're and here and to and help. And also like when you talk about sports, when I was in Burundi, I was so impressed. Like mm-hmm. I've never been anywhere that people just on a random Tuesday, there'll be like thousands of people uh, running, uh, by oh, yeah. the lakeside, uh, playing uh, basketball, uh, there will be like twelve teams waiting to, to go in on on this like old basketball court. Uh, You're like, what? Okay. Are people here? But I think Burundians love uh, sports as well, and I can't yeah, we do. That's true. That's I mean, to be. I, I think because I grew up with that, I never really understood that we're part of a you know. I'm not gonna say people who really are good at sport, but like waking up in the morning, you will see, you know, when you're a teenager. You will come out of the club and then you'll see people going running. And you, you say like, I'll meet you in three hours. I'm just saying. But it is true that we're really, yeah, it's I mean, the means are not there, but I think it's it's some, it's a it's a it's a field, it's a it's a sphere that we can try and do more. 
But I yeah. mean, when it comes to running, for me, I'm thinking like um, uh, Francine Saba, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. hello. Yeah. And then Randa, they don't have uh, that many runners. It's interesting. But they yeah. open like a cricket field. And, you know, all this, like Kigali Arena, I'm like, Lord, we can mm-hmm. do so much. So I'm this close to buying the PSG, right? With the Visit Rwanda. And then put some Burundi on it. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care if it's hiding or it's Come cheating. On. It's not even cheating because I can put anything the moment I bought it. You know, good. <laughs> I think uh, Rwanda, Rwanda and Burundi is the same thing. You should be able to proudly put on the Rwanda. Not even sh- not really sure if the Rwanda Development Board <laughs> will be happy about that. <laughs> so they'll be like, um, it's a free country. It's a free nation. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting. From from my space, when I, I have a friend whose son bought the, the PSG and he is Lyonnais. Mm. And I was like, and I was so happy for Christmas. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Alex, it's not your country, but I'm so happy. It's working, you know, all these things. Anyway, I want to take you a little bit about the bow uh, thing that happened. There were so many, you know, celebrities that came along. I want to take you a little bit for for a second to the J. Cole discussion or dilemma or anything. What's happening on the ground? Like, what is the the, the idea behind that? Um, I think I mean I don't have uh, the inside uh, inside scoop, but from from where I'm sitting, uh, you know, it's the it's the. I mean, J. Cole is uh, some of us who followed followed his uh, career is I think like most rappers grew up wanting to be a, a player a, a, a basketball a basketball player you know they say uh, rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think from, from uh, sports and industries about marketing right you know it, it, uh, j cole got more people talking about the tournament than than yeah. all the tv ads and whatever they, they could have <laughs> done um i'm not sure if that was the thinking behind it but um, I mean, that did the trick that got yeah. people engaged and, and and looking and yeah and, and that's something that we again um i'm not sure if it's because it was happening in rwanda that's something that rwanda does well uh, and that's something that africa needs to do well because we have so much that we can that we can offer the world and so we need to do a better job at setting ourselves so what is next for tap because we need to know who is on cover on the next obviously alex is coming soon See how I'm unashamed, that man. That is me. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what is really, what are you seeing on the ground? Uh, we'll put aside, but then again, it's really difficult to put aside the political uh, atmosphere from the West, East, West, whatever. What are you excited about for 2022, you know, for the next two years, five years? I'm excited about the continued uh, development of the space, of the creative space in general. I think. Uh, Four years back, I was telling people on the ground that uh, in the next five years, Netflix and Disney and Amazon and all these people will be on the continent. They'll be like, why? For what? <laughs> Great. If only they knew. If only they had the uh, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So, so now, now they're all there. Oh, they're man. the spaces. They want to market share of that space. They want to create things on the ground. So that is very, very exciting for us. You know, I'm looking forward to um, producing a couple of feature films, you know. Uh, Hello. <laughs> yeah, to, to do more uh, uh, feature documentaries, to tell more vibrant uh, African stories. 
That is great. I mean, I've seen for, for some, I'll, I'll link everything and everything, but uh, the quality, man. I mean, I grew up with DSTV. And then when you put on the national TV, I'm pretty sure Radio Nationale, Television Burundese will not dismiss what I'm saying, but the quality is different, you know. And it's good to see that the, 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 you know, the quality and just the stories that are being brought up uh, online, it's, it's yeah. Do the movies, do the documentaries. We'll watch them. We'll put them on Netflix or on Amazon Prime because, or where is the STV? I've, I miss the STV. I miss M Night. I miss Super Sport. I, I, I know. I know. Just yeah, they are there. Grew... They are there. Really? They, there. they have their paid programs now who are, that are doing very, very well. Uh, in Kenya, there's like Showmax, which is also like yeah. growing. And um, oh. yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of. Uh, African platforms like that that are coming up as well. Uh, Safaricom is launching theirs. Uh, Safaricom is one of the biggest uh, telecom uh, yeah. tech companies in, on the continent. Um, so it's it's exciting to see how the space will continue to grow, and hopefully uh, that happens. And 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 all these young people who are involved in the creative space and the creative economy benefit from it. Let me pitch you another thing, the last thing, because I'm pitching myself all the time, because why not? If you're doing something like Afronation, Afrochella, something with music, and mm -hmm. you need someone to do the interviews, Alex is there. <laughs> I'm just saying, because I, I've been discovering some African music, like uh, Afrobeats that, uh, that I can hear here and everything. And I'm like, what is this? Thank you, Spotify, for the work you're doing. Yeah. but uh, I'm like I need to you know because you can hear the music and I'm like in a club back home this is mm -hmm. fire like this <laughs> that is what it is so yeah. if mm -hmm. you're doing something in that space or sports action or anything but start yeah, we, we might we actually we, we're thinking about we, we're working on something like that so maybe not an event uh, particularly but we, we're working on something around uh African music because it's also another giant uh, mm. that will continue to grow. Uh, also, if you if you if you've seen recently, uh, you know the new CEO of Spotify in Africa is uh, Rwanda Numan. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, what's her name? Jocelyn or Jocelyn uh, yeah, Mukhebi? Yeah, I was like, yeah. what? What is this unfairness? But then again, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm gonna buy the the PSG. <laughs> and then put some Burundi on. They will not understand. Wanda Development yeah. Board, thank you. Thank you for the work you've yeah. been doing for Burundi and Rwanda. Oh my goodness, Burundians are going to kill me. Uh, but to finish then, for you, what is next for you? Uh, for me, um, for me, I, I want to continue to grow, you know, uh, both as a, as a creative, as a leader, as a business. Uh, as an entrepreneur, as a human being, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see how I can use things that, that I've learned in this space over the last five, six years, five, seven years to make another jump, maybe in a, in a different direction or in the same direction, but with a different angle. I think this will be the year of uh, a lot of self reflection and a lot of uh, re-strategizing things and in three four years when we speak again on the live uh, whatever event i'll be like i said i said this to the world 
You're yeah. gonna direct the Black Black Panther three, four. Oh man, take it, take it. Because at mean. some point, Black Panther has to be. I don't know, directed by an African person because mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler, good for you. You've done great. Mm-hmm. Leave it to the African storytellers. <laughs> with, with Disney money and Disney marketing and then, you know. Definitely, we <clears throat> we need to step into those uh, uh, bigger roles. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so extremely happy and grateful, first of all, that people like Ryan are getting those opportunities yeah. because... They're, they're conscious people and they will obviously pass the button down. I know, for example, uh, he helped one of the other uh, directors I know. I, actually, my uh, Blitz, the ambassador, is Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a, a, you know, he has a, one of his, his debut film. Ryan kind of like uh, worked, not worked on, you know, um, they, they work together. He, he did support him, okay. um, and and uh, he's now signed with uh, Eva Duvernay, um, and he's actually he's actually going to be producing a remake of The Color Purple, and he also directed <laughs> Beyonce's uh, uh, Black is King, um, and so slowly and slowly we're getting in. We're getting Open there. that door, my friend. Um, destroy it (laughs) wow that's really nice that's really nice okay so let me sure that when i see at the oscars i'll say hi and then uh we'll speak kiswahili whatever in la you know because kiswahili slash kirundi slash uh kinyarwanda (laughs) and we'll drink citron and frito (laughs) Uh it'll be a condition of me being there thank you very much this was really nice and i really i really hope that people will get to see top magazine as something that is new and fresh honestly i'm not i'm gonna be honest with people online like with everything happening on cnn bbc and whatever i'm like who is even following what's like no 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 you know you have your own problems deal with them real the read the real thing i think at this point and it starts with us, you know, I don't have the whole truth, but I do have a certain uh, a vision of Africa that is quite different from someone who's sitting in Atlanta, for example. So, hey, <clears throat> Top Magazine, session, uh, September issue, Alexandra Nyamoya Boyi. You're welcome. That's good. It, oh, thank you. Oh, it has really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, are you still in Canada or are you in, in Africa now? I didn't, I didn't even ask. I'm, I'm in Canada, but I'm leaving uh, next week. <laughs> Your life is so great. Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, man. Take care. All right. Thank you. Have a, have a good one.